Well, I want to welcome Brother George Lopez and also Sister Susan Wallace. Welcome to our program tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Padre. Glad to be with you. I, I love the, the title of this program tonight. It's CLM Past and Present. And we're going to dive into the past history of celebrating life, but also the present and also future. Actually, this is an auspicious day because in my world and many of our community members, because Padre Ron Roth, who led Celebrating Life for 28 years in ministry before he passed, and he passed on this day 11 years ago. So to me, it's always auspicious, and I I, I treasure this day because great memories come my way, and just deep appreciation for his life, his ministry, and the gift of the Holy Spirit he let each of us experience. Susan, would you offer an opening prayer as a beginning for our program tonight? It would be my honor. Thank you. This is a healing prayer from Ron Roth. Lord, we open our hearts to receive the healing balm of your love. We ask you now to bless our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our relationships, our finances, our health, every aspect of our human experience with your loving grace. In the light of your love, we release now our made-up ideas of lack, scarcity, non-deservability, and sacrifice, and we claim our divine inheritance. Come, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, come. In your presence, Lord, we release now in this moment all fear, all judgment, all pain, all separation. Come now and fill us with mercy, with insight, with wisdom and love. We are eager vessels to receive the outpouring of your essence here this evening. We breathe you in, allowing the divine within us to blossom. And we breathe you out, sharing our love and our gifts with the world. And now, as we are being made full, we bring loved ones with us into the light for healing. We will not attempt to define the form of healing that is right for anyone, for that is often hidden from our human awareness. We simply ask you, Lord, for mercy, for loving kindness, and for that which serves the highest good. We ask for peace, and for an experience of truth that allows the letting go of fear and that fosters joining the heart with that aspect of the divine that is most aligned for each individual. And now, if there's someone you wish to include in healing prayer this evening, this is the moment to whisper that person's name into your heart where God hears all our prayers. 
Each name releases a vibration and a healing intention. And we know that when two or more are gathered in the name of spirit, we harness the divine power to co-create with God that which is good. With gratitude, in trust, and surrender, we say amen. So be it. Thank you, God. Amen. Just love those prayers. If anyone who's on this call will be listening to this call and who's never been in one around teachings or healing service or a retreat, Ron Roth was well, well known for his prayers. You know, sometimes they're very simple, like a command, ouch, be healed. <laughs> and others, the, the, the windows of heaven just opened up and the melodies of heaven filled. And I remember at a major healing conference that he was, of course, host for, he was doing this healing service and all of a sudden he started praying in tongues, which is a heavenly language. You know, we just celebrated Pentecost and Pentecost was all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit the gift of the Spirit, which has many gifts from that. And Ron was praying in the Spirit over this one lady. And I remember after, she was all excited, not knowing why. After the service, she ran up to him and says, I didn't know you knew Russia. And he goes, well, I don't. He goes, you were singing and praying in tongues, whatever that was. You were talking or praying Russian. And that was to me a, a it was a big surprise to Ron, but also to the audience, just knowing that God knows your needs. Just as Susan says, now is the time to put your intention. It was the right time because the Spirit of God is upon us. And Ron Ross, I believe his mission was about releasing the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was ordained on Pentecost Sunday, and he died on the octave of Pentecost. So like Padre Pio, his mission was accomplished, and it was all about releasing what heaven wants each of us to desire for the love, the kindness, the mercy of God. And Ron was a great vessel for that. So, Susan, you had the privilege of meeting Ron Roth, correct? I did. It remains just something absolutely wonderful in my life. Can you share a little bit about that? Different things come to mind when I remember being with Ron. And as yeah. I was getting ready for tonight, one thing that came, you know, there were, for sure, there were big miracles, and there were mystical teachings, and lots of wonderful things. And But there were also just some sweet moments, you know, and that, that's, one of those came back to me just recently. I remember it was at a retreat, and I was I was a brand new student in the education program. Mm. And so one of my jobs was I was outside the room, the retreat room. Everybody was inside, seated, waiting for Ron to come in. And yeah. I was standing there waiting to open the door for him. Oh, wow. And he came down the hall, and uh, he was clearly in a transformed state. I, he had probably been meditating and praying for quite a long time to really come in and, and channel teachings and healings. Very in much. this very, very high state, as he approached the room, and I think you were with him, Padre, and a few other people who were kind of attending to him, 
he wasn't in such a high state that he didn't notice this squeaky clean, eager little student standing there just so wanting to please him. (laughs) When I opened the door and stepped aside for him to walk in, just, just one moment, just a nod, and he said, good job. Oh, wow. (laughs) He, he won my heart. He really did with that. I knew that he knew how much that meant to me. Mm. And it was just this sweet, thoughtful moment where he saw what somebody needed and gave it. Yeah. He was a master at that. Definitely a master at his, his ability to, I call it, read the room, read the hearts mm-hmm. of the people. A lot of times <laughs> in my little self-righteousness, I'm going, I don't know if that's true or not. And of course, <laughs> ultimately, it would come true. I was always trying to best him, but guess who won that war? You know? <laughs> It was, but again, you wanted to try to get ahead. You could never get ahead of him. Now I'm understanding a lot of the things that he walked in and had a consciousness for. And it really is the ability to read the room. And it's like, I'm experiencing that now in my retreats and healing services. So it's just, it's one of the gifts of the spirit. But the only way you know that is to get to know the Holy Spirit, which that was all about Ron Rob and his following, and his community. And to me, then like rabbits being multiplied, our community will be multiplied, and then they will go out and do the work, like you, Susan, like you, George, just being that light to the world, which we're all called to become. So, George, I know you have not met Ron personally, but I'm sure from the other side, you probably had encounters with him or his teaching. How did that come about? Well, actually, Barbara Rose shared with me bunch of his talks and, and re, the retreats and all this oh. stuff very early on. Yeah. And so I really got to know him through that venue. Yeah. Um, he was, it's so interesting because he's such a, a large figure and everybody else knew him pretty much except for me and the other new people. It's kind of like Buddha. It's like, you know, I, you hear all about him, but you <laughs> <laughs> never met him, you know? He kind of looked like but Buddha. He, He was, he's very funny and very, just like Susan was saying, there's there's just this effortless flow of, of how it just came through him without, it was just effortless. He was a channel and it was coming through and really struck by his wealth of information, of spiritual information and the ability to translate it in the most everyday language. He would take these like really big concepts and he was able to just go, it's just like this. And you just need to take a minute and sit down and go like this. And if you can't do two minutes, just do one. And it's just almost like it's your your best buddy sitting there next to you going, okay, this is what... There was a real accessibility, at least in what came comes through in his in his teachings and everything that I've heard. And so funny, so, so funny. And and I do want to say at the monks retreat, Ryan and, and, and my brother Thomas, we, we led, we led prayers and we did this singing yeah. and praying thing. And, and after Nettie came up and she just, I, I really believe that she was channeling Ron and she gave me this blessing and it was from Ron and mm-hmm. it was this mm-hmm. passing of the baton that, 
I, I felt like I got his validation. And I know that sounds silly, but it, it oh, was no. like he blessed me and said, okay, go, you're in. Go, go do your I thing. And it was a really powerful moment for me because I felt him and it came through Nettie and it was like this decree. It was, it was otherworldly. It really was beautiful. Ron was all about decrees also. And to me, it, it almost always came from the scriptures because he was a Roman Catholic priest for 25 years and he absorbed. He was a, like any typical person. We go to church, we do our thing, but when the Holy Spirit got a hold of him, it was life changing for him. It was like night and day because he had this bigger than life personality, but now being <laughs> coerced by the Holy Spirit in a sense that the Holy Spirit could use his words, his humor, his directness, his studies, all those things that he was a master teacher. And I had the privilege of watching him. Well, he didn't like me watching him pray, number one, because I'm supposed to be praying by myself because we come together afterwards but not before. But just the stillness and the dedication he had to prayer. And that was but really, the essence of who he was was a prayerful person. And that's why he always demanded that of his community. It's just one of the, it's the key. And knowing in that relationship with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with Mary, he was a prolific reader, but also when he prayed, he had his little pad and his, and his pens uh, next to him. And when an inspiration came or a whisper came, he wrote it down. He didn't wait till the end. He did it then. I, I have books after books after books of his, of his writings, those little little bitty notes that he's had. And I just discovered a box full of them yesterday. So it's like, I remember packing them away, say, someday I'll reread all those and see what well, I'll be inspired to do with them. But he had this unique ability to listen. Now, I want to also say one thing. He also was very direct. You couldn't tell him what to do. Unless the Holy Spirit <laughs> told him. <laughs> he had this huge personality, and I've learned how to maneuver it, use it to the best of God's ability. And it was like, but I love that. I mean, it's just because you couldn't put, put anything past him. He knew it, even though, you know, you think, is that of the Holy Spirit or of him? I was always <laughs> debating. <laughs> but, you know, guess who won that war? Not me. Eventually, I actually learned a secret because Rod was so wanted to hear from the Holy Spirit, I will use that term, and that ability of knowing. And so when I would, I call it, get inspired by the Holy Spirit, say, hey, we should do this. Oh, well, <laughs> you know where that went. <laughs> but I, what I realized, and I used to get frustrated because he wasn't listening to me, because I could hear the Holy Spirit too. But his, but the ability that the Holy Spirit had me do was all the the Holy Spirit wanted me to do was plant a seed, like, here's the seed, Ron. Whatever he does with it is up to him. A week later, it becomes his idea, his seed, <laughs> and we're off and running. So I've learned how to go around the system, but I had to be patient, and I had to let it go if it didn't work. But it's, again, that was our relationship. So, Susan, what other stories can you tell about your experience or what you watch people experience during one of Ron's events. I mean, so many healings and, and things that happened. And, and I had, to me, um, an experience that still, when I think about it, it, it shakes me in a, in a good way. 
uh, or retreat. We called them intensives in those days. Oh, yeah, um, we did. Remember? We did. Yeah. Yeah. But they were much like our retreats now in many ways. Yeah. In September 2001, very big retreat in San Diego. That was my first big retreat, not just a weekend. Really? Event, wow. You picked a doozy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really did. Yeah. So I, I didn't really know people, but I was sitting at lunch with, with people at a table, and I just, I got this knowing, this push to finish up lunch and go to my room and pray and converse with my father, who had passed several years before. And wow. and I did. And we had this most wonderful, wonderful healing time together. And really, the being at the retreat gave me the container, you know, that allowed communication that was so full and so deep and really went to a place that my father and I had never verbally gone together mm. before. And I don't know how long I was there, but I talked and we forgave and we received forgiveness for different things. And we just, there was so much love that was expressed and my heart was just full and just so much gratitude and, and peace. This wonderful experience of, of completing some things with my father. So and that was that was a really great thing, and I, the, as I said, the the retreat really gave me the container for that to happen. But then I went back into the afternoon session of the retreat, and Ron used to do this thing where he would he would call somebody out, but he didn't even know who he was talking to or he was calling. He'd say like fourth person in the twelfth row. Oh yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it was like, like I I was kind of oblivious, and the person next to me said, "That's you." So <laughs> I would, <laughs> oh my gosh, I went up to the front, and and Ron was writing on a pad, and I I I'm pretty sure he was just he didn't know what he was writing; it was just coming through him. And I hadn't told anybody about this time in my room talking to my father. No, but anyway, so I get this piece of paper, which I still have and I treasure, which says the experience of pain that you had as a child with your father is healed. Be joyful. Yeah, talk about prophetic statement. Wow. And I, you know, it was... Yeah, it was amazing. I was just known to my core. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I remember you. I remember you being at the retreat, and I remember you being called up, and I remember you kind of being afraid. And actually, that was the very first time that what I would term now is Ron did automatic writing. He just went uh-huh. on the piece of paper. And it's like, yes, yes. Because I never seen him do that before. That would have been the first time at nine eleven that retreat. 
so yeah. incredible what came through and so accurate. And, and I think he did yeah, it for about was, four or five people. It was amazing. It was amazing. And even though I want to add, as you said, it was automatic writing. It just came through. The handwriting yeah. is beautiful. Really? Yeah. Just, yeah he had a very <laughs> lovely Catholic school trained handwriting. Oh, wow. Oh, my. I would probably disagree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this you piece know, of paper, he did anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the handwriting was channeled too. I don't know. You know, it's so funny because Marilyn, our dear secretary of Ron and of a grade school friend all through those years. And, you know, she had the best penmanship being a teacher. And she, Marilyn was the only one who could read Ron's writing to interpret it because when he went fast, it was like Zoom, and because his E's and O's and A's were all the same. But Marilyn knew how to uh, <laughs> interpret that. But so you got an authentic writing from the other side, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I'm really pleased to hear that. But wow, it was it was amazing. so amazing. Yeah, I mean wow. that was just something I'll never. It's with me forever. I love that. I love that. I know one of our. Ordained Darlene Antoinette, she wrote in once of, she was at one of the retreats and she had this feeling she wanted to be baptized. And here she's a Jewish lady, but she had enough guts to ask Ron, will you baptize me? And of course, in typical Ron Roth fashion, he said, sure, right after lunch. <laughs> Everything came with the food, you know, <laughs> if you knew Ron's demeanor, but he loved to consume his food. Like I think most of them, I know I do, but it's like, but it always came, and if he got hungry, it was time to end the meeting, and let's go and eat. He, because he always said the Holy Spirit is with us, so he's just going for the feast along with Ron. So, but it was a, a, a delightful thing. And, you know, Darlene went on to say that she got in line for healing, and he came up to her, and all she said was, come Holy Spirit. And before he even could touch her, she saw this white energy light just went through his hand and melted her to the floor. And it's like... That was such a common place for, um, especially new people. They didn't know what to, they heard, you know, the uh, reputation preceded him, but yet the Holy Spirit backed it up because there was a power and a presence that came through him. And, you know, I remember the first time I, my parents introduced me to him and said, well, you need to go to this healing service. Like, well, I'm a Catholic and I go on Sunday, that should be enough. And they were like, no, he's doing a healing service on Mondays. Like, why would I go extra? <laughs> Just didn't make sense to me at all. But anyway, to fast forward, I remember I had one wart on my finger and I thought, well, I'm going to check out this priest to see if he can heal. And, you know, went forward and he touched, you know, the place where the wart was. And then it's like, you know, like he looked at me like, well, well, nothing <laughs> happened. So he Blessed it again, and then he goes, oh, just go back and meditate on that. And I go, oh, yeah, dumb priest, he won't know how to do this, you know, what what he's doing. Well, unbeknownst to me, nothing really happened that night, but the next day, all the pain that I did have with that went away. And it caught my attention, I have to say that. And it's like something was triggered. And to me, the I don't say the magic, the mystery behind the Holy Spirit is that healing touch that gaze, that presence, that invitation to come near, to know the Father's love, know the Mother's love of God. It really, he had a precious 
commodity, so to speak. And he knew it. And he hosted that. And if I would just speak more on that subject, he coveted the Holy Spirit and it was his best friend and don't speak negative of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was just, it was like night and day. He would just walk away because he, he did not want to grieve the Holy Spirit because it was that close. And his mentor, Kathleen Coleman, had the same archetype, so to speak. And it was that precious gift. And he learned a lot through Catherine Coleman just by listening to her teachings, the audio tapes, the videos that he got, read her books. And I remember he always would study her. And Catherine Coleman also had healing service at the Anaheim Convention Center. And he always said, one day I'm going to hold a healing service there. And I remember the staff, we were having a meeting and he mentioned this, and some of the staff members just kind of giggled. <laughs> and he he got offended by that. And he and he, he Ron's little temper came out, and he goes, "I'm going to prove these principles work, and I'm going to be there." And a month later, he had an invitation to be at the NI Convention Center with ten thousand people. So it's just like we could say, "Well, that was the flesh," or was that the Holy Spirit? Because to me, the Holy Spirit blends in with our personality. He uses us. It's within us and all around us. And Ron was a master at learning that and teaching that. So anyway, I could talk all day on <laughs> the things of Ron Roth, but he's been a gift to our community. But also, I believe he's really established the, the healing principles, the mysteries of the Holy Spirit and God within our community. I remember one of the last gifts he gave the Celebrating Life, in a sense, was at this time, uh, it was about a year before he passed, and we were checking out retreat centers, and we checked out a couple that didn't work, and I remember stopping it at St. Therese, and we did that, and he said, oh, I like this one. This will fit Celebrating Life. And he never got the opportunity of being with a retreat there, but he set a tone for us, and now we do our community retreats at St. Therese Shrine in, in Illinois. So uh, his that's why I think, you know, number one, St. Therese was one of his favorite saints that he always would use as an intercessor, but yet left his legacy there, which was so extreme. And, and also, most people know that with going to Brazil with John of God. He set another tone for another flavor celebrating life. In all those years, we got to go with John of God on retreat there. So in his passing, we went to St. Therese and John of God, two spiritual centers. Now it's like we're, we're, I call it, back in our bodies, back with the Holy Spirit, especially with Pentecost, that it's now we step into the brand new. And to me, our ministry is shining brightly again, only because we're coming together as one accord, which that's the role of the Holy Spirit. So, George, in this new beginning, and you have been, how long have you been professed a monk? Wow. <laughs> uh, that long? <laughs> I don't remember what year it was. Okay, no problem. I should, I have my, you know, it's on my, uh, on my uh, bookmark. <laughs> one of my books. Thank God. No, that was my gift. No, exactly. No, I understand that. Yes. <laughs> I, no, I have it right here. Simmons. Uh, 2016, April 22nd. Oh, wow. Four years. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
So in the formation of being a novice and then entering into being a monk, Ron always desired to have, he professed, you know, about maybe 10, 20, something like that in his season. Then I was blessed to be a part of the next spiritual director for celebrating life. And you're one of mine, as they would say, you know, in essence. But yet, where is your heart at, in a sense of the flow for your life, for ministry, for prayer? Because I believe you take from the past, and because you're present, you know, it manifests in your own way you do your prayers, do your meditations. So tell us a little bit about that. It's so funny because I, um, just in the last little while, Teresa of Avila has been working with me. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, and you know, I, I mean, I know you know, but others, I was, I had an evangelical upbringing, and saints and all that were like that was the devil's work. <laughs> voodoo, so to yeah. have these, yeah, it was voodoo. It was really like, and so to have them come and work with me, and she just called to me, and then I reached out to Virginia, and I says, I'm getting pulled in this direction, and she goes, read this, and so she sent me, and I'm reading. <laughs> The castle, the interior, two castles oh, right now. Oh yeah, that's. But I found cool. this. Oh my God, it's it's wrecking me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so here is literally the the embodiment of everything we're talking about. So this is someone from the 1500s, right? During the time of the yeah. Inquisition, a woman pushing in a time when women couldn't, sure couldn't do what she was doing, wow. and yet it's reaching into this present moment now, and it's working in my life she's working Mm. with me and touching me through and through and i i found this beautiful quote one of her quotes and it says christ has no body now but yours no hands no feet on earth but yours yours are the eyes through which christ looks compassion into the world yours are the feet with which christ walks to do good Yours are the hands with which Christ blesses the world. And that like sums up what you asked me is like, I, I have become a vessel for God. And Mm. it's just what, what do you, what, what do you want from me? Where do you want me to go? What do you, what's my next step? You know, and this is a Dana. Paul works with us in this literally listening momentarily, right? What do you go and minister to someone? Do you just be spoken or is this just a prayer where you just lift your hands and and silent or not even move? And so I I really see myself as just an extension and I I it gets it gets more honed and honed and honed and it's, this is what I came to do in this lifetime. Wow. Is to, to do, you know, there is something beautiful about finding celebrating life because it's, it's my family. It's mm. a home there for me. And it becomes a treasure. It's like a hidden treasure. You know, like all of us, the gifts are there. It's just that they need to be manifested and sometimes are breaking, whether it's losing a job, Maybe it's a pandemic that we're in that really stops everything so we can actually go deeper into the spirit. (laughs) I wanted to piggyback you being a monk 
And I remember a story of Ron was invited to the Poor Clares the, up in Minnesota. They were a cloistered community. And so it's like, well, it was a free road trip for Ron's, and Ron loved to go on road trips. And, of course, I was a driver, so <laughs> we went up there. And, and, and being the cloisters, Ron was permitted, because he was a priest, to see the nuns, but I had to sit out because I, they couldn't, because they don't see the public. And I remember listening in, and, you know, Ron had a great sense of humor, so he would always tell his stories, and he had Godzillion stories. And they were all funny because it was all about him and how the Holy Spirit <laughs> touched him, you know. Uh, anyway, I remember what come to my the impression was those nuns were so hungry to hear another man of God talk about God's stories. And you could hear the sound of joy and laughter. I mean, it was prevalent. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, that was nice. It was a roaring group of nuns, but you could tell the thirst they had about, tell me more about God. And it's like, wow. I mean, and that impression still is in my heart because he was speaking their language. As the cloistered nuns, they dedicate their life to God, just as our ministers, our monks are ordained, our students, our accolades our friars, our brothers, sisters, we all have a portion of that desire. But to see the hunger on people's hearts was so important. So I just want to reflect that back to you because reading Teresa Vavala, she's going to get to the <laughs> nitty-gritty places that we wouldn't yes. allow anybody to know, but she was reading your heart, George. Yes. Yes. And I, I do want to say, too, the the theme that's coming through was he had this prophetic ability, right? And oh, yeah. um, you have that same prophetic ability. And, you know, Thank the you. first my first CLM retreat, I was was at the old hotel where we used to go, the one that was kind of yeah. up on the hill, right? Yeah, the Marriott. And I was, yeah, and I was lined up in one of the outer things. It was the first time I had been to any CLM, right? And you come to me, you don't know me from Adam, and you say to me, you know, you just do this decree, rah, 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 right? And I'm just like, I can What? And then Janai comes back and finds me, and again, nobody knew me. And Janai comes wow. back and finds me and says, Padre says that the angel of the Lord came to him, and he very rarely comes to him, but he said something really big is coming down the pipe. And I thought, what? And then when we had our first meeting, our one-on-one, Aunt Mary Kay's, and then I was getting up to leave, and there was a piano there, and I said, can I play for you? And I sat and I played, and then you ran out after me and gave me a ring. You said, this is from God. This is the, you are the prodigal son returned home. And there's just this interesting thread of how now the music ministry has played out, and even that was it. It had to be worked out of me. I know you don't remember, yeah. but my first thing was doing those Christmas carols, and I was terrified. And Dana kept came up to me, and he's like, "You know, you're just in service," and that was just a little bit. But it, you know, you kept pushing me out on the diving board until finally I was in the pool, and then it's just like, "Okay, swim." But it was uh, beautiful. <laughs> Thank God I could swim. <laughs> I was going to say, 
I don't have any life raft, and you're on your own, but don't swim. No, but it was a beautiful thread from the beginning of what you saw, and it, it sounds very much like the same as him and with his, what she's talking about the writing. It's like, oh, you didn't yeah. even know what he was writing. Yeah. He didn't know, you didn't know what you were saying. It was just like, no. this is coming through, and this is the yeah. future being decreed, right? First. This yeah. is what's coming. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. very beautiful. Very powerful. Oh, I like that rendition in a sense. because, And I, actually, George, I have this picture like I did with Susan when we told the story. I seen you up against the wall. And it's just like, and it's like, oh, just go past me. Don't stop. <laughs> and I, oh, thank you. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> and that's what, it's really interesting because getting back to present moment, because of our self-contained, this pandemic we're going through and not having to hold services, at least in a personal way, and get to see people. We do them on Zoom, of course, now. But it's that where I feel I finally got into a rhythm of listening and touching and saying and decreeing. And it's like I miss that quality because yes. it flows from me. It's so easy. And now they have to shift to Zoom where you're more of a talking head, but I still have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And I remember one of these, speaking of trusting the Holy Spirit, I remember Ron was going to be interviewed up in Rockford on a television program. So, you know, usually there's the the host and you'd ask Ron questions. So that was easy and Ron was up and ready. And so they were uh, miking him up and setting the stage. And and then his host said, okay, Ron, we're ready. And he said, oh, okay. And he was waiting for the host to like sit down and, and he goes, well, what are you doing? And he goes, well, you're going to talk. And I go, well, who's going to interview me? He goes, nobody is. You're just going to talk for an hour. <laughs> oh my God. His dad always told him he had a gift of gab. And I believe that because he went for a whole hour. No notes. Just, and it's like, and here's TV. And talk about being intimidated, but oh my God, this, how he, Trusted the Holy Spirit, <laughs> just like you. Swim, my brother, swim. <laughs> you know? But it was his gift, and I remember him not tossing me out. I have to watch my words. <laughs> Inviting me to lay hands on people. And I didn't have a clue. I always watched him because I served him. I was his catcher. I was multiple things. But when I remember, for whatever reason, it was after the service, and he called me up and said, you need to do that, 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 and you didn't do this right. And it's like, okay, here's another one, but okay. And then he goes, you get out there and you lay hands on for the sick. And it's like, what? I don't know how to do this. So he kind of just threw me out there. And, of course, being obedient, that's one thing I could say I would was, was obedient. And I remember laying hands on the first person, and that person rested in the spirit, fell down. But it was in an old church, and... She hit the radiator, and it was like oh. with her head. And I was like, and nobody caught her because there was no catch, because I was the catcher, but I was praying. So anyway, she fell, and she got up, and I'm like, I'm terrified now, shocked that I killed somebody, number one. And when I <laughs> said, well, out. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, George. <laughs> but the fear, it was like, and she says, no, I'm okay. And it's like, well, how's your head? And I said, well, there's a bump on there, but there's no pain. And it's like, okay. Uh, so it's like, 
wow, how the Holy Spirit takes because I trust, but I don't know what I'm doing. And it's in those moments that the Holy Spirit has her role to heal the sick. And yes. and usually it's like, okay, I'm ready now, I'll receive. And we're not because our mind is taking over instead of just allowing the Spirit to do her work. But Ron was, he, that's how he taught people. You just go do it. He didn't stand there watching. He just, he had the trust of the Holy Spirit. That's how we learn. And I'm sure I might have picked up some of those qualities for my community. So anyway, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so Susan, do you have another story to tell? I'm just thinking about and hearing every every story, everything, and, and realizing how much Ron was just a, a master, doesn't even start to say it, at, at getting himself out of the way. I mean, yes, he had this very powerful personality, which came through at times, but yeah. that's, but at the same time, he could just be so absent as a person and allowing everything to be the Holy Spirit. And and I you know he he's given that certainly to you Padre and he gives it to all of us you know yeah. and wherever we serve in the community. I and agree it, with that because he yeah. he had a, he was a great model or yeah. <laughs> he did it enough that we caught it. And to me it's like you know one of my favorite passages that I always heard him quote was Psalm one twenty seven. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders will labor in vain. And he used that, he quoted that, he decreed that to so many people. And for me, the, the breaking of build a house is a house of prayer. Yes. You have to have your the container full of God's presence, and then the work will begin. But we try to set it up, create it, and say, Lord, will you bless it? And Ron was very good and. You know, I don't know if people know this, but Ron got started after his baptism in the Holy Spirit. One community in Illinois asked him to be the the leader of a house of prayer. And so he really got his formation there. And he took that to to the highest levels in stadiums and then traveled internationally. So it's it's amazing how the Holy Spirit can place that. And, And ironically, here in Illinois, actually in our area, they're actually starting a house of prayer. So I went, oh my God, it's come full circle. And it's just like, and my heart just leaps because I remember. I remember those, quote, good old days. And to me, that's what the Holy Spirit is reminding each of us, that we do have a part in this. I know Barbara Rose, who is a monk and just became ordained, as a nun, she met Ron and me actually at, in California and on convention. The same one that when Ron decreed it, she was there. And now to be a part of his ministry, per se, that full circle. You never know where your destiny lies. It's the seeds that are planted in each one of us. So this is new for you for the Holy Spirit of listening to who Ron Ron was. There's beautiful nuggets. He actually just had a this week, someone or last week, called and was looking for a Ron Ross CD called Healing Prayers. And so we had a conversation with it. And she was a, a minister. And her sister needed healing. So she looked up healers on the Google and his name came up. So she said, can I tell you a story? I go, sure. She goes, I had this dream. You know, she was looking up Ron Ross and, that night she had a dream, and 
And this person showed up at her door and knocked on the door. And she answered the door and was like, well, who are you? What do you need? And it's like, she had this, she wanted prayers for her sister. And this gentleman says, I'm here to heal you. And it's like, like what? You know, I don't even know who you are. And he says, I'm here to help you and to heal you. And after this, she woke up from this dream, she went and looked up on Google again, see about this Ron Roth, and here it was the picture of Ron, and he was at her front door in the dream. So his spirit is still around. I say he's a great intercessor for anyone who's looking for healing. You don't have to belong to celebrating life. You just call upon his name, and he says, I will be there. He's a great intercessor. So his spirit is still alive. I just say, well, don't come to me at night because I want to sleep. You know, come to the day, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I could be a little dinner. <laughs> Padre, um, I, I wanted to just back up what you just said because I have a good friend here in Colorado who n- never heard of Ron Roth, never heard of Celebrating Life, never went to any event or anything. Okay. And just one day in conversation, I don't know what she was talking about, but I said something about Ron Roth. And he's my teacher, and he's around, and he'll I say, he'll help you. Just ask him. And she did. She just said total faith in what I said. And so in her prayer time, she spoke to him, and she was totally connected. She, you know, he was there with her. He responded. He helped her with what she asked for prayer with, wow. for help with. So absolutely, just backing up what you said, he's, he really is around and available and, you know, on the job to be of service <laughs> in the world. He, he really is. And it is not, doesn't have anything to do with if you knew him when he was alive or if you've ever right. came to an event or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And I want to, I, I just, I don't want us to end tonight without talking about how much Ron loved community. You know, and that, I mean, that was it for him. And it was community, relationship, you know, family, even if you weren't technically family. Right. And I, I had the chance to talk last summer with Johan, who was Marilyn Carr's sister, you know, one of oh, the people yeah. who literally grew up with Ron. They were kids yeah. hanging out together. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. she told me about some of the times that they'd be hanging out and they'd in the summer, they just set up games outside and they'd be playing, sitting there all day. It, it, it had some the very same quality as thinking of Ron as an adult when we were in Brazil and we'd be sitting around the oh, tables yeah. after a meal. Oh, and yeah. He was, so yeah. he was like that as a kid. It was that same, yeah, no, no real barriers between him and getting to know people and just, creating a group, a community. And that's that's one thing that really, really carries over today in Celebrating Life Ministries. There are I agree with that. Organizations. There are many, many churches and programs and all kinds of organizations. They're not always communities. And a lot of them are not mm. communities. No. Wow. And that's, that's one of the, the legacies that Ron... How sweet is that? You know, yeah. thank you for yeah. mentioning that because that's a big piece. 
of who he was. And I remember the very last retreat that actually he attended. And part of our community, we try to make decisions together on behalf of Ron, you know, to keep the ministry going. And there was a discussion as to he shouldn't be coming because, because he was in poor health, but he had the heart he wanted to come. It wasn't a like, oh, look at me now in a wheelchair, you know, and, and with limitations. He wasn't about that. He wanted to be with his people, you mm-hmm. know, and it was so, and so you bringing that up really was a stepping stone of, what is created and will be con- continued created here at Celebrating Life. It's about coming together. It's about my brothers, my sisters, how we can help, how can we serve, how can we laugh. And you, a lot of times it's around food, and if you want Ron to come, say you're having a meal, and he'll be there. But it was just his big personality, and he loved to have fun. He really did. But when it came time to talk about God and the healing, he was so focused never saw such a focused person when it came to that. And you couldn't move to the right or to the left. You had to do exactly what he said. And that was his relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it continues to do that now. Knocking on people's doors, you know, in, in the dream. So it's like, and, it, and it's interesting because I, I remember the first year or two, uh, people would say, oh, Ron showed up in my dream. And I would get offended because I was still grieving his loss, and I go, if he wasn't going to come to anybody, he'd come to me, not to you. You know, I just couldn't hear it. <laughs> you know, so, uh, little judgmental there, but and now, and I always said, then finally when he did come to the dreams, he wouldn't say nothing. Now that's so not Ron Ross, but he never spoke, but he was always in my dream. Now he's speaking. So if now I can finally have the conversation, because like I confessed before, I would do whatever he told me to do. And he didn't want that. He wanted me to listen to the Holy Spirit. He wanted me to listen to Jesus, to the saints. So the wisdom that he had crossing over, because, you know, Ron loved to have the last word, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't share any. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll have the last word tonight. <laughs> it's an open window. <laughs> Don't test it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry about that one. <laughs> so I, well, we have a few minutes left, as I'm sure he says, get to the prayer, Padre. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going to open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit now. And we just say thank you, Ron. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, George, for sharing these moments with our community. And there will be more to come as we celebrate his resurrection into eternity where his family is his god the holy spirit is mary our blessed mother is you know each of us what might have an encounter with that so we're going to invite what he has always taught us the invitation of the holy spirit to come and to be that dwelling place first in your heart and then in your household in your relationships, in your finances, in your big dreams. Holy Spirit, we invite you in with our great intercessor, Padre Ron Roth, St. Therese, Padre Peel. Come, Holy Spirit. Create a dwelling place just 
like it's springtime and the birds are building their nest. Build a nest of your presence within us as we host the new birth, the new dream, the healings, the reconciliations, the promises of God. Father, release your ministering angels now for healing, the healing of the hearts that are so heavy, that are confused. Father, release those ministering angels now to bring them comfort, to bring them wisdom, to bring them new ideas for new jobs, new partners, new friendships, new businesses, new experiences of the holy encounters of heaven here on earth. Father, release your ministering angels now in your light beings. Have holy encounters tonight as they sleep and into the morning, into their week. Let miracles arise now. We thank you, O Lord our God, for your the ministering angel of Raphael and Michael. I break in the name of Jesus any demonic attacks now. I command the rioting to stop. I command the chaos to stop in the name of Jesus. But for your glory, Lord, that we all may become one in the Spirit. Remind us again of who we are in you. I thank you, O Lord our God, and I speak to this virus. I break its hold. I break its charge. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of death, I command you out. And go back to God to be dealt with. And in its place, our friend, the Holy Spirit, will bring up our spirit, our health, our vitality, will strengthen, we will renew, and we will respond with praise, adoration, and glory. For you are our Lord, our Savior, our Healer, our Reconciler, our best friend. Bless the Anointed Ones. Bless Susan, bless George, bless our community, bless your families, your friends, those in the hospitals, the care centers. Thank you, O Lord our God, for you are a shining light to a hurting world. We praise you and we thank you, O Lord our God, for this gift. And I seal in the good work of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So be it. It is so.